Welcome to another episode of Thanks, I Love It, where me and Hugh, and most often someone else as well, talk about things that we love and just get enthusiastic and gooey over them and like, oh man, I love that thing. Um, So here we are. Hi Hugh, how are you? I'm good. You're good. Good to hear. Um, Hugh has had some success this week um, trimming his own beard, which is looking really good. Like, it's a year since um, <laughs> we had to start trimming Hugh's beard at mm. home, um, which was chaotic and evil at there, first. There were a few months where restrictions lifted and I was able to go to the barber and it was fine. But yes, for the most part, I've been uh, left Suffering. on my own. Yeah, Suffering. Mm. Um, looking more and more like the saddest one out of Mumford and Sons. Um, oh, yeah. Well, you know, beardy, beardy. That's all. I just I can't picture them when you when you bring up that name. I just think a load of sort of like white men in sort of like I don't know what do they even wear hats, hats, yeah, waistcoats, boots, yeah, probably like Chelsea boots. I think I think probably three quarters of Mumford and Sons are very well intentioned. There's just that one guy, <laughs> just that one little far right guy. <laughs> yeah, he's just got that one little thing about liking Jordan Peterson. Anyway, let's not go down. <laughs> no, I know because. If Mumford and Sons bring you joy with music that reminds you of happier times, festivals, dancing around, you know, your favourite song on the radio, that is fine. That is fine. That is fine. It's just that, myself and Hugh, we tend towards... Um, Disdain? Yeah. <laughs> as, a, yeah. <laughs> as a base level of personality and humour. And part of the reason that we're doing this podcast is to try and get away from that. <laughs> <laughs> We're showing our true characters here, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, anyway, um, so Hugh's been doing well, has trimmed his own beard. It's looking really good. And like, I'm not just saying that. Like, I went out with you today. I was happy to go out and be seen with you. Like, it's very good. Yes. Yes. Um, I myself, um, I think I've just been eating a lot of sugar lately. It's been kind of hard to get away from. And of course, we are at Easter time now, mm. so it's only going to get worse from here. Right, okay, tweets. Tweets. So my tweet today that um, I wanted to share with the world that I'm a really big fan of is um, a fairly recent tweet. It was only uh, made in like mid-March or so. And it's from a person called, well, their name on Twitter is Summer. And then the emoji finger, middle finger sticking up in the air. Okay, right. <laughs> Which is very fun. Um, and her at is at Heberald, which is spelt H-E-A-B-E-R-A-L-D. <laughs> and for some reason, it's not it's not a complicated word there, but it's it's really messed with my brain. A lot um, of vowels. A lot of vowels. Um, and uh, she states her location as Montreal, Quebec. Mm. And um, it's a video that she's made. And I don't know if it's like, it's unlike a lot of videos on Twitter. It's not from TikTok, it appears. No, it looks like it's shot on like an old VHS camera. <laughs> yeah. It's a haunting video for yeah. many reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's one of them. Um, and it's a video of, I think it's her in character. And she is, it's a woman. <laughs> the text of the video 
that accompanies it reads, I am so stressed out from running my pet lizard's Instagram account. I am about to have a nervous breakdown. And that sums up the content very well. <laughs> um, and it's about a woman who's weighing over her head with her pet lizard, who she really, really resents and mistreats too. Um, but that's, that's less of the content. Um, most of it is just her going... Why do people want to know about this lizard? And I just, he's my sole source of income. And my house stinks of lizard p And it's just, oh my God, it's, it's fantastic. I'm so f***ing stressed out from running my pet lizard's Instagram account. I'm about to have a nervous breakdown. I told my therapist, she said, we'll take a break from your pet lizard's Instagram account. I said, I can't. It's my sole source of income. I pumped all my money into this f***ing lizard. It speaks to, I think I said this to you like ages ago when we first saw it, <laughs> but like it's just, it's conjured up a hidden world, a whole, a whole world of things that have happened to this person and a whole, you can sort of tell how she'd deal with any stressful situation, this character. By chain smoking and swearing a lot. <laughs> chain smoking, swearing. Yeah. But you're also like, how did she end up with this pet lizard being her sole source of income? Interesting. And um, yeah, I enjoy it a great deal and we'll retweet it out because that is... My tweet of the week. So we have a guest with us today who I've known for a lot of years and we're not going to quote the number because that will make us <laughs> spiral a bit. Uh, but it's your friend of mine, Martha. Hi, Martha. Hello. <laughs> Very and, lovely to see you both. Oh, and Martha, like we could probably do like a uh, at least double digits of episodes with you because you've just like you just gone out of your way to do like really interesting stuff like forever. Like your work experience at school was at a circus. Like this yes. is what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I immediately want to know more. Yeah, it, it was, was very great. hot, very hot. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like, just, yeah, that kind of, I feel like that's a, a good background, but you've mm -hmm. lived in like, what, like the Sudan, South Sudan, was it? No, I lived in Khartoum, so oh, in okay. Republic of Sudan. Oh, yes, this is where my knowledge falls down hugely. <laughs> Again, we could, we could really work on that. Um, you've lived in Asia. Yes, I've lived in Japan. So the two places that I've properly lived is mm. Japan and Sudan. And then um, I did, I've done kind of short stints in South Africa and <gasps> Vietnam. And that's it, really. <laughs> There's going to be one major one that you're like, oh, yeah. And I also like lived there for like a month. But it was no, like, I, did, I, I lived in Prague for like a month, but that's, not, you know, a month. <gasps> I forgot about really. Prague. Wow. That was okay. ages ago. Yeah, that was, yeah, yeah, that was ages ago. And then... <laughs> How many stag do's per day did you see in Prague? How many stag do's per day? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty. <laughs> but like, where you are right now is where mm. we want to talk about. We want to talk about your home, somewhere you've made home, which is really cool. Um, <laughs> and geographically speaking, it's a tough one for me because I'm always going to be like, is that... Is that off the Scot... No, it's not Scot... No. You're not southern. alone. Nobody knows where it is. But where do you live, Martha? I live in the Isles of Scilly, which is 28 miles off the edge of Cornwall. So you, you have go to, to Land's keep, End. You have to keep scrolling on Google Maps like yes, quite a lot. you have to keep going. <laughs> so it's, it's the only remote island community in England, basically, which is what makes it such a weird place. Because wow. um, obviously Scotland's got millions of them. Yeah. Um, 
Highlands, Highlands and Islands. It's like yeah, a known there's loads thing. of them. Yeah. yeah, and obviously there's places. You know, in England there's places like the Isle of Wight, but with that's not you're not really dealing with the same situation. You know, Isle of Wight is a 20 minute ferry journey. We're a three and a half ferry journey, three and a half hour, two and a half hour. Anyway, multiple really? hours. Because you have um, to go from like, not necessarily the nearest point you have to go no, to. No, you have to go from Penzance. Point, like, yeah. yeah. Um, and we are a kind of 20 minute flight from Land's End. So we're properly, properly remote and properly tiny and properly weird and properly lovely. But you've got like proper wildlife and you've got like weather that's not sh- and we like, had a whale over Christmas. What? Did I not tell you about the whale? Start there. Start there, please. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so, on Christmas Eve, a humpback whale arrived in Silly, which was very, very exciting. Did it go to co-op? What did, <laughs> what did you get no, up to? It, it hang around. Um, it was very, very cool and saw it a couple of times. I mean, everyone was out over yeah, Christmas yeah. and New Year. Everyone was out doing whale watching. Yeah. Um, is that so the time if, when it might well happen and like the rest of the year it's a bit less common? Is no, that- this this was quite, this was exciting for Silly. This wow. wasn't a sort of, I mean, whales come around over the winter. We had this one humpback whale who was very close in and then there were fin whales and there were a few minkies and it, mm. the whales come around. Oh my God. But having a humpback whale, like it was like really close. I went yeah. out on a boat, um, I think it was like the 31st of December. I yeah. went out on a little boat trip and we got like close enough to it to smell its breath. like Which is atrocious, right? <laughs> which is hideous. Yeah. <laughs> but it was absolutely Stale incredible. Fish. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. So we've got some cool wildlife. It actually, weirdly, like um, because the water around the islands is very shallow. Yeah. It's actually in some ways doesn't feel uh, as wildlife heavy maybe as, again, obviously in this conversation, I'll compare it to the Hebrides quite often because, as you guys know, I've, my family's got a cottage in Tyree. You've got form with the, uh, the which island is communities. In the, in the Hebrides, yeah. <laughs> um, and so, you know, so for example, on Tyree, um, you see a seal pretty much every time you go to the beach, whereas here, because it's so shallow, the seals all stay a little bit further away kind of thing. But they're, like, more comfortable, probably. Like, yeah, you know. and there's lo- there are loads of them you can go and see. Like, yeah, the wildlife is really cool. Um, and you saw the whale in the water, and mm-hmm. then you did not see the whale out of the water. So I'm assuming that whale is living a happy and fulfilling life in... Well, one would hope so, yes. but a dead humpback was found <gasps> near the coast of Cornwall a couple of weeks ago. So we're that. all... Well, they have another two months, right? Like, you know. Yeah, and the, you know, and the rest of their squad is, is, well, hopefully, basically, it's yeah. um, not not our whale. Hopefully, it's a different whale. Um. <laughs> that's better somehow. No. Yes. Um, but, oh, my word. Yeah, that's that's quite a lot, isn't it? Wow. And you, ha- you, do, really have, cool. you do have seals. Oh, yeah. yeah, well, yeah. We've right? got a na- um, nationally important um, grey seal breeding area oh wow you can go seal snorkeling which is a very very cool it sounds a bit dangerous if they're oh, it's, in it's... in breeding season yeah. <laughs> <laughs> only, in the, only in the non but it's more just terrifying yeah. because you sort of so when i go swimming i'm slightly scared of sea monsters anyway sure. and then Standard. when you go seal snorkeling you're sort of like and now I'm looking for the sea monsters through the kelp forest. Why was that a good idea? Teeth. But yes. I'm here. I'll have a. I'll have a go. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm sure I've told you. I'm sure I've told you about my lifelong fear of whales. Um, you know, I can. I can admire them. You know, for being a great, amazing. You know, sea-based mammal. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but they are really massive. And oh like, god, yeah, you get you get basking sharks, right? Mm. I think I think it's off the southwest coast. It might not be. Yeah, not so much. But I've seen a basking shark in Tyree. Actually, Ooh, sorry, I, no, I won't talk about Tyree. They've got a really big mouth. They're so oh, huge. I know. The, the principal reason for your fear is is that they could just swallow you and not even realise. Yeah, they wouldn't even. Yeah, care. that's yeah. that's. Yeah. I feel like they've got bits in their throat that filter things as large as human beings out. Where would I go though? Anyway, um, this is, this out, is the, something. out the blowhole, like. <laughs> um, but they are like I have to say, I've never seen one as close as this one, and it was. I mean, it's massive. They're massive. Wow. They're immense. And you sort of can't process how big that is, really, can you? Well, what I found really weird was so we saw the blow from the shore quite a few times, um, and. Because obviously they have to get their backs above water to blow, and yet they're huge, and yet you only see this incredibly tiny bit of them. Like they're just—they're weird animals. They're like icebergs, you know. You can sort of see the curve, and you can imagine how far it goes. But you but can't even like... see that much of the curve. That was the thing that kind of freaked me out. Like I sort of—I was sort of imagine that you'd see like I don't know a quarter of their back or whatever, and you literally just see like the tail at some point. The tail flips up sometimes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we, I have a couple, again, like, I have a couple of cool photos of the tail. But yeah, there, there was just, it was really cool. And wow. nobody really knows. So I've got a friend here who um, spends her summers here and her winters on Antarctic cruise ships. Oh, so she's wow. obviously had quite a lot of experience of whales and birds and all that kind of stuff. So she's, there's, there's a lot of really cool wildlife people here. And um, she was talking about how, like very little we actually really know about whales how like oh, deeply yeah. mysterious they're too uh, big yeah. they're too yes and they sort of <laughs> and there are there are parts of the year where they just disappear and you know i'm being very vague i know that we know more about some species than we do about others but it's just it's fascinating that these massive things yeah. move around the ocean you know so we had one here for a month and a half and nobody really knows why, you know, had it got lost or had it yeah. just decided that Silly was a good place to be? Like, oh, nobody right. saw it feeding because apparently when they feed, they like lunge through the fish. So it would have been really obvious. Hmm. Something was putting it off being elsewhere. It well, I don't like. know. But then also people were like, but actually, do they feed like that? And I was like, how do you not know? It's the size of... <laughs> A bus. How do you not know how it feeds? <laughs> You've got many friends in many different locations around the country and indeed around the world. Indeed. If, if your marine biologist friend, who is yes. so learned, cannot tell you these things, you suddenly start to question like, no one knows anything. Like, <laughs> oh, God. I think that was a bit of the thing about the whale being there was sort of why... Yes, why, why don't we know stuff? Yes. Bloody um, hell. The limits of human understanding. Yeah. But it was really cool. It was really, really cool. So that was a really nice thing over Christmas and New Year. So did you move to the Isles of Scilly? I know you were pursuing a very particular type of job you wanted to do and you were like, I have my teaching career. I can teach on an island. And you've been talking about this for a couple of years. And it was, what What made you go to Scilly? How, how did you end up there? <laughs> um, so I'd sort of been, the thing that I thought actually was that I was going to go and teach on Tyree. So I got mm. my Scottish uh, teaching registration sorted out. I applied for three jobs. I got interviews for all of them. And teaching, applying for teaching jobs is quite hardcore. So it was quite Hoops, an exhausting jumping. process. Yeah, got really good feedback, but didn't, you know, I was applying for like assistant headships and stuff. Like I was still on that sort of, um, or I was on, that sort of uh, my career trajectory needs to keep going upwards kind of thing. Mm. Um, and like that is very much, I mean, I won't say the name of the teaching course you did, but it was very much on brand <laughs> yes, with that. Vibe, yes. It was like, okay, you know, you're going to go to this level, then this level, and then yeah. like, bam, bam, yeah, bam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're going to be ahead by the time you're 35, yeah. 
Um, and then I hadn't got those jobs and that was fine. I was going to go out to London, do some supply. Fine. You know, I had got close enough with those jobs that I wasn't like deeply depressed about my inability to get a job. I just hadn't got those ones. Yeah. And then I saw this. So basically I came to Silly with my brother six or seven years ago. You're going to have to be more specific. You've got um, three brothers. Yeah. The middle brother. The, <laughs> the sensible one. Sam, they're Edward, sensible, Jacob, right? Is, is it no, Edward? Edward. Damn it. Edward. Edward. <laughs> okay, Nancy, how can you possibly not remember them? <laughs> Seriously, um, in this in this thing I've been writing for you lately, um, a reference <laughs> for something, I've literally written the phrase, Martha has a lot of brothers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, I, think I, might, I think I might actually have said that when I was... When I was having a phone conversation about the thing. Not a baker's dozen, but still. Anyway, so so you had visited Silly. I visited ages ago. We came yeah. over. So I said to Edward that for his birthday and Christmas combined for about two years in a row, I would take him for a trip to Cornwall. You're always so, making these promises and they're always coming to collect, aren't they? <laughs> Your brothers. Bastards. Um, so we spent three nights in Penzance at the Penzance Youth Hostel, which I highly recommend. Lovely youth hostel. I bet it is. And yeah. then we um, came over to Scilly for two nights on Troy Town Campsite, which is the most southwesterly campsite in England, obviously, because we're in the most southwesterly point. And is England. that on, there's, there's, there's kind of a main There's multiple island? islands. No, this is uh, on St Agnes, which is the oh. most southwesterly of the islands. Is, is, so it, is it the smallest or is it like, not quite? I think it might be the smallest, mm. but it's slightly confused by the fact that it has another island attached to it tidily. A peninsula. So, <laughs> Did it, is it a peninsula? No. Is it a bolo? Archipelago. <laughs> <laughs> Geography was not my strong point. Um, but you stayed on St Agnes. Okay, Stayed cool. on St Agnes, Very had a nice. lovely couple of nights. You know, it was enchanting. The sun shone. One of the gorgeous things about Scilly is that, you know, you, you do little boat trips all over the place because you want to go to another island, so you do a little boat trip. And there's just something really enchanting about that. And it was absolutely lovely and, you know, beautiful, sleeping at the campsite, waking up to the sunrise having a lovely day, walking, going to dinner at the local pub. It was just all very idyllic. Mm. So on a kind of whim, I, I had already resigned from the job that I was at and I was looking at moving back to London and I checked the website for this school. You know, when you're just doing that sort of, oh, I could work in Timbuktu. Oh, mm. I could work in Laos. Oh, I could, let's have a look at what's happening in Scilly. And they were advertising for Not everyone thinks like that. Like <laughs> you're a very, you're a very cool person because you really think like that. And like you think, okay, but what would I need to do to go to Laos? Okay, I'll do this, you know. And then a job came up in Scilly. You know it will work out in the end. That's your thing. Yeah. And you make it work out. And I've just got that gap. I'm like, hmm, no. <laughs> I'll die. <laughs> Well, and I that, that applies to like literally cycling or <laughs> going to a certain area of a beach. I'm like, mm, no, definitely going to die. So I'm not going to do that. Um, so that's my failing and your strength, I think. Uh, well, <laughs> maybe not so much on the cycling. I have re realised recently I've totally forgotten how to cycle. But oh, that's a whole no. different story. Um, so <laughs> You're supposed so to remember that. I, um, not actually, I'm, not, I'm not being literal. I, had a, uh, I, had a, I went out to view the spring equinox sunrise sure you last did. weekend at like 5.30 in the morning it was gorgeous but I, I went on my bike and like it was very traumatic you just anyway, weren't awake enough that's all I wasn't awake enough there wasn't enough air in the tyres and also there's no 
flat road here. No, and the minute I started going up a hill, I was just like, I don't like this actually. And like, I start, oh yeah. Yeah. That's why I haven't ridden my bike. Cause I haven't ridden my bike. This is the other thing. Like, I mean, I, mean, I used to commute, you know, like seven miles each way in London, yeah. but that's flat. <laughs> totally different. Anyway, um, so uh, saw the job and applied and thought, oh, I might as well apply for it. And then got an interview and thought, oh, I might as well go see the interview. And then got off the job and it's thought, It's only oh, like 17 hours away. It's fine. I'll just go and do that <laughs> job interview. <laughs> just, you know, just thought, well, I'll give it a go. Um, and I'm really, really enjoying it. It's I think, I think your lovely. whims are very good because you mm. never ended up in a foreign prison. So you're doing <laughs> no, something right. Which did happen to one of the guys that I knew into that. Um, God. You've never like, you know, started off um, sedition or, you know, like rebellion or, you know, no. committed regicide. None of those things no, that could be really things. problematic. Like, I think your whims are very well judged. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Silly, it's not like, it's not like moving to Timbuktu or whatever. Like, no. it, it, it was a fairly safe jump, really. Yeah. And things work out, don't they? I think they really have. Because like, from what you've said, now tell me if I'm wrong, it sounds like it attracts some cool people, like people who are all a bit different, but they've got that thing in common, which is like, yeah, I could live on an island. I'm fine. It's fine. Yeah, it's interesting. So it is it is quite elderly. Like the population is quite elderly. Like it's not a massively ha- like happening place. Yeah. And that is a thing that I sometimes find quite frustrating. But there's also a lot of people who... um yeah, like you say, like to move here, if you don't have family connections and stuff, there's quite a lot of interesting people who've done that. Yeah. And they've got to hang on and like prove themselves as like, you know, part of the community in a way, because mm. there obviously are these people who've lived there for generations, I'm mm. guessing, oh, yeah, through, yeah, yeah. through a lot yeah. of problems and, you know, transport issues, I'm guessing. Housing <laughs> issues is the main thing. There's a is lot it? of, um, it's it's a very interesting place to live because 80% of the economy is tourism. And that is very interesting. Mm. because it's not it is true of lots of places um broadly it's true of lots of places abroad which Mm. have figured out that the way to survive is to get wealthy travelers to come so you know there's vast swathes of for example vietnam thailand southeast asia that support themselves almost entirely through tourism but it's quite unusual in the uk and it has very interesting impacts on the way the islands work and on I don't know. I just find it fascinating because normally there's kind of a almost a colonialism aspect inherent in in tourism and in these places that um, support themselves via tourism. Going to a place and giving the having your experience and writing home about it. Yes, exactly. And sort of wealthy, normally white, not always white, obviously, Mm. but but um, first world. And I again, I know this is an audio, so I am putting that in. um, Inverted commas. (laughs) Yes, because it's a disputed term. Mm. Tourists going to sort of, again, in inverted commas, third world places. And so Silly's got that funny kind of reliance on tourists, slight resentment of tourists, not a deep resentment um, at all. But But just, you know, there are circumstances imposed on people who live on your islands by these tourists and by the very nature of living there. And, And of course... They are nest. They are totally necessary and totally needed. And Scilly, in lots of ways, is a is a much healthier island community. And, well, again, to return to the Hebrides, you know, where the communities are much smaller, where the communities are struggling to find ways to hang on, and where fundamentally they are going to end up being tourist destinations. That is, they're almost taking the journey that I think that Scilly took, you know, a hundred years ago, just because of historical accidents, where yeah. Scilly became a tourist destination. 
So basically, all of that uh, means that being an incomer here can sometimes be quite a sensitive thing because housing is an incredibly short supply. Uh, but being an incomer to a community with a kind of defined job. Yeah, yeah, you're there to do. Is a bit a different. Job. Yeah, which is also, I think, why um, I enjoy very much living in places and I don't enjoy in the same way visiting places. So since I came back from Sudan, mm. I haven't actually done that much. Um, like long-term tourism. Well, I haven't like. done much holidaying. I went to Kyrgyzstan, mm. which was very oh, yeah. cool. Oh, yeah. um, Classic holiday destination, <laughs> Kyrgyzstan. Yeah. I think you, I think you showed your like kids picture, uh, your kids at your school that you were then teaching at. You're like, oh, yeah, I went to Kyrgyzstan. Here's me with an eagle. Yes, eagle oh. hunting. That was really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was amazing. Um, anyway, carry on. But, like, <laughs> but I haven't, you know, I'm not. I haven't been one of those people who's been like, oh, I need to scratch every country off the list, kind of thing. Because yeah. actually, it's much more interesting to be like, I am. And I'm not going to in any way say that I was like part of the community in Sudan, but I there was I had a reason to be in Sudan. I had a reason to mm. be in Japan. I was doing something. You became enough of the community, I think, you know, for that time that you were there, probably. But but like, um, it's a much more interesting viewpoint on how things work, I suppose. Mm. Um, and yeah, so. Moving so how to... do things work? Like you <laughs> in are, Italy, yeah, yes, because. The biggest island is called St. Mary's, right? Yeah. And that's where you are. Yes. And there's some cool stuff on that island, some touristy things, but lots of it is, like you were saying, it's dotted round on the surrounding islands, like the campsite. And Oh God, I can't remember off the top of my head. I think there's like 400 little islands. There's like, there's hundreds. Oh my God, seriously? Um, How many are inhabited though? Well, this is the thing. So there's five inhabited. So mostly when we say islands, we're talking about little rocks because uh, the reason the sil- the reason Scilly exists is, I don't know what the geological term for it is, but there's a huge like chunk of granite that starts in like Dartmoor. I don't know if you've ever seen like the granite tours in Dartmoor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the same run of granite that then runs out under the Atlantic and then pops wow. up at Scilly. And then it pops up again a bit further out, not above the water, but it kind of comes yeah. up. Um so it's really interesting. Like geologically it's really interesting. So Scilly cool. is granite, <laughs> basically. And most of the islands are like tiny little specks of granite sticking out of the water, essentially. Yeah. And then there are five currently inhabited there are quite a lot more that have been inhabited um so we have the population is about 2200 roughly st mary's is That's quite, more than i thought you know yeah it's it's not it i i think it's quite a healthy population actually um so st mary's is 1800 roughly and then there's a very and this is all very rough there's about 100 on the other four islands um but you in your job you work with people from I think all of the inhabited islands. Yeah. I'm so the way the school works is that there are primary school bases on the we call them the off islands, the small, yeah. the small ones. Um, there aren't actually bases on all of the off islands. So kids who are on Briar have to boat over to Tresco from the age of like five because that's where the school is. Yeah. So there's Tresco and Briar as one of the bases. Then there's St Agnes, there's St Martins. They have their own bases. And then when they get to secondary school, all the kids come to St Mary's. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is a boarding house on St. Mary's for the off-island kids, and they board from Monday to Friday. Oh, wow. And then they boat home for the weekend. And it's like, yeah, gosh. So if you were trying to, say, if you're one of these kids and you end up, you know, moving somewhere else when you're an adult or going to uni, you know, on the mainland, <laughs> everyone's like, oh, what? So you went to boarding school? <laughs> and they're like, no. Yeah, but, uh. yeah basically. <laughs> and again, it's because, again, it's a very weird, because they have to leave at 16. There's no post-16 provision on the island. 
So again, they then have they either have to go to one of the state boarding schools um, in the country, or they have to private board, or they have to. What a lot of them do is go to um, Truro and Penwith College in Penzance, and they have to find like a host family. So like it's a really it's a really tricky thing to do at sixteen, actually. Because it's hard enough to be like, okay, what are my uh, GCSEs going to be? And then like, yeah, key stage five and beyond. It's it's scary. But they must have built up quite a lot of resilience from just kind of like, yeah. this is life. I get on a boat and I go to school. You know? Yeah. Like, and I think it's probably really good for them because I think um, this is a gorgeous place to be a child. But I think it would be quite a difficult place to be a teenager, to be honest. Oh, God, yeah. Because um, yeah. <laughs> can, you, can you learn to drive, say, yes. on the island? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. And actually, there's enough road. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> um, you can learn to drive. Um, you can do everything. Like all services, well, most services are available, as in. Yeah. Um, but it is, it just, everyone knows where you are. Everyone knows what you've been doing. Yeah. Everyone knows who you hang out with. It's, how, how quickly did you find yourself fitting into that kind of, I know you're not a teenager, obviously, mm. um, but like how quickly did you, some, did you sort of look around one day and go, oh, yeah, the lady in the post office uh, asked me about that thing that I told someone in the co-op about. No, it was literally, like, you it know, was literally a day in. So basically, oh God, really? <laughs> basically on my first... Newcomer. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what is very powerful on Silly is Facebook. So there is the Isles of Silly Residence Notice Board, which is a private Facebook group, which you will not be able to get access to unless you live on Silly. Um, I will not try, don't worry. No, don't try. You'll get a message (laughs) saying, why are you trying to join this? Because I did, because I tried to join like a month before. And they were like, we can see that you've been posting pictures of something else. No, no, it was more like, you know, wait till you arrive before you join. Because I was like, I'm I'm moving in a month. Yeah. Um, Which is completely fair enough, obviously, because the whole point of it is that it's a... um, I love the energy, Martha. That's amazing. (laughs) But the whole point of it is that like, you know, tourists can see what's on the Isles of Silly notice board. And then the Isles of Silly residence notice board is for the stuff that you don't necessarily want tourists to see. Um, or, well, like literally your life. Mm, you don't want them to see your entire mm, life. Yeah, or, yeah. oh, I'm trying to sell this tractor, you know. Exactly. Like, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, that is genuinely. Um, yeah. or, or the, the long running <laughs> scandal of who nicks all the apples. Um, <gasps> people's, scrumping. Yes, there's some quite serious scrumping that happens. Wow. Um, Someone's making cider in that garden. Absolutely. 100%. That is the conclusion that has been reached on the residence notice board yes (laughs) well I obviously don't want you to feel um, beholden to um, reveal any secrets from that board I could not but I will tell you that a day after I got here um, I went for a little bike ride because those were the days when I could still ride my bike obviously I've lost (laughs) that ability and I found a little dying shrew um, and it was really sad and I posted on the residence notice board um being like, does anyone know how to look after? Because there's a special type of shrew here. They're called silly shrews. But they're not, oh, they're, wow. they've, they've, got, they've got a proper official name and they're not that special. Like they're actually quite common in the rest of Europe. But in England, <laughs> but in like the UK, they're only really found on silly. Um, wow. So they're special in the UK. I posted being like, does anyone know how to look after a shrew? So long story short, took the shrew home in my bike basket. Obviously the shrew died. There was no way I was ever going to keep the shrew alive. But <laughs> within... About 24 hours, three or four people. True girl. Yeah. True girl. 100%. 100%. 
and people still know about it. <laughs> you, but I think that's true to who you are. You you care about a little shrew if you're like, I think I think it's rare and I think I could help it. <laughs> but you're you're also very practical and they didn't see that side of you yet. No. But maybe but they will. It definitely made me think, you know, you have to be really sure that anything you post on the res- notice board you're happy to be associated with for the rest of your life. Because they carve it in granite at the end of yes. the season, you know, <laughs> on a stone tablet. Um, Hugh, you were sort of nudging me a minute ago like there was some. Oh, no, no, no. To... I was just like, oh, maybe, maybe when you were talking about the, the scrumping going on, yeah. like, maybe there's, you know, maybe organically there's just going to be like a rogue detective for that <laughs> vacuum just to kind of be like, you know, and like just a real life sort of like detective series where it's like, oh, I'm going to get to the bottom of this. I would like, watch the so hell there out was of that. a book, um, <laughs> like The Life of a Silly Sergeant or whatever, what, written by one of the police officers who was here. But seriously, like in America, like I listen to, you know, podcasts and watch TV shows and stuff. And they want they want Bridgerton, but they also really want all creatures great and small, which is like in terms of drama, it's through the floor compared to Bridgerton. It's and like, can you imagine the coziness of this side of detective on <laughs> on the outside? You, you can set some lovely stuff here. And it's never really properly been done. Like I, more in terms of like books is the thing that I've been looking at. But like, so there's recently been some um, murder mysteries. Hell Bay was the first one set on Silly. Oh wow! That are that are good. Like they're fine. Um, but you, like, as in like they're, they're they're good examples of the genre. They're not my favorite things, but they're good. Um, but you read them and like. She's made bits up. There's bits where you're like, that's not true. That's not how it works. Um, which this is, really is a weird finite landmass. <laughs> she, she's like a frequent visitor. She's really nice. She's come to the school. She's lovely. And like I say, like they're good books. But you read it and just like, that's simply not true. I think there was one thing where it was like, there's a road around the outside of the whole of St. Mary's. And I was like, there isn't. Nonsense. I think for plot reasons, that must have been essential. Yeah. <laughs> it was a very like, throwaway thing. It was one of those things where like, yeah. And obviously this always happens. You, you know, you, as you know, Nancy, I get very pedantic about stuff. I guess a lot of what you were saying uh, about tourism and also about just how it's a, a, a very different thing to be a person who lives there on the Isles of Scilly. Like, yeah, hugely different. How, how was that whole COVID thing? So COVID, we've been unbelievably lucky. Um, we have had, uh, I think, three cases, two in the first wave and one in the second wave. They all locked down straight away. There was never any community transmission. I can't imagine anyone who lived on an island community where you have to like bail out each other's, you know, cellars when they flood or whatever. I can't imagine someone being as selfish as most people in my postcard. Well, I don't know. (laughs) I include myself. (laughs) Yeah, I think, but I think it's not down to people not being selfish as in a lot of it. I mean, the first lockdown, it got quite scary here. It got quite, not scary, but like, the community enforcement vibe here is very, very high. So I love the community here and I really enjoy yeah. the fact that I go out my door. I know people, there are people around who will help. It's just mm. really, really, really lovely. Um, I don't know how much of that everybody wants and I don't know how you create that in a big city because partly yeah. it, is, it exists here because we all know, you know, I might be the one who needs help now, but somebody else will need help. And, we, you know, we can trust people to get us back. So we're about a year past the initial covid uh mess and we're now in you know uh 2021's covid mess but like you had your summer season was pretty much you know when you would have had the boat would be full and there'd be lots of stuff going on and that just was off it was sort of but the summer season actually ended up happening so i think a lot of people were very panicked about it but then um 
the restrictions were loosened enough that I think basically everyone made the money that they would have made. Enough to not make it, you know, a serious, life-changing worry for the majority of people. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like nobody that I know of, and I'm, there may have been a couple, but nobody that I know of went out of business, for example. So That's I think, really good to hear. So I think it, we came through. Um, I really don't understand how we came through so COVID-free. So obviously we were the only place in the UK that had open pubs on New Year's because we were the only place wow we were the one tier one in the entire country so you were you were toasting that whale I actually wasn't because I felt a bit like I suppose because I hadn't been able to go home for Christmas oh like I I felt a bit like just because the pubs are open doesn't mean I should go to them ah second wave is coming ah Um, and you were like I just want to be able to go when I'm allowed to yeah we we were allowed to but like I just I don't know I just didn't go but lots of people did um, and yeah, as I say, we were the only place in the country where that was a legal possibility for anybody. As long as you didn't run out of beer as an island, that would be oh. quite something. Quite something. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Aye, aye, aye. <laughs> um, but what I would love to do, so we could do some stuff like highlight maybe that series of books you were mentioning, if you think it's worth people checking out. Um, but if there are any like social accounts that um, I know Tyree has got um, a ranger yes. and I follow them on Twitter Dude. so I get to see the Scottish wildlife. It's really cool. <laughs> it's cool. Um, yeah. And do you have anything like that for, yes. for your island? So there's the Isles of Scilly Wildlife Trust. So obviously um, Scilly is owned by the Duchy of Cornwall. But oh, oh sure, yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah, um, but most of it is leased from the Duchy of Cornwall by the Isles of Scilly Wildlife Trust who are really great and do lots of really great stuff um, and have and post some really nice photos and stuff like that. So they would definitely be worth a look up and worth a follow. Cool. On on whichever platform. On whichever platform. Yeah, I, I know they're on Facebook. Facebook, sorry, I've got hiccups, which has yeah, <laughs> ruined the recording. Um, so, and then there's also the Islands Partnership, who kind of do tourism and stuff like that. But they also would be a good place to start, I would say. And like maybe what, we're thinking about making a pilgrimage. And um, I mean, I just wish everyone that you work with, especially in your teaching career, I wish them all very, very well because you know, if you can't go and go to a university for a visit or if you can't go and visit your friends or, mm. you know, if, you're, if you've are if got one parent on the island and one parent, you know, in Penzance or Truro, you know, it's been a weird old couple of years, like in ways that maybe other people don't understand, you know, we've all had it hard, but like, I just hope everyone's doing really well, you know, Thank you. in spite of factors. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, this is this has been amazing. Is there anything else you would like to plug or mention or give as your final word? Because you can you can just pronounce whatever you want. <laughs> um, no, just like, really, no, really lovely to chat to you guys. Um, oh my god, yeah. it's been wonderful. It's been really nice. And, I'm, <laughs> and now, I mean, we did set this up so we could just keep talking to people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really no one wants idea. to do quizzes anymore. Yes, yeah. I know. It's all yeah. dropped off, hasn't it? Um, yeah. But yeah, and I really hope you guys do come and visit soon. Because it would be so lovely to, yeah. Because it's amazing. Like yeah. all the stuff you've told me, all the pictures of seals you've, oh, yeah. you've sent me. I'm like, interesting. And the beaches look beautiful. Oh, it's honestly, yeah. like it's one, it's it's really hard because I go to people like, oh yeah, Silly's really beautiful. And people are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. obviously 
you know, loads of papers are really, really beautiful. And I want to like yeah. grab people by the shoulder and be like, no, you don't, you don't get it. Like really beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And like, I mean, I'm coming at this as someone who's just very impressed by like the little weather bubble that the Isle of Wight's in. Like it can be gorgeous there. And you're just like laughing because you're like, you have no idea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, the Isle of Wight is really pretty, but like Silly's really pretty. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll understand one day. Yeah, yeah it's lovely. So, yeah. Oh, well, sending you and your cats. What are your cats called again? Sending you Oyster and Barnacle. <laughs> that took you by surprise. You'd Did forgotten. you not know that, Hugh? I'd for, I'd forgotten, <laughs> and I'm I'm a bit I'm a bit tired and like just a bit giggly now. So like, I think oh they're brilliant God. names for cats. I just want to. <laughs> yeah, you'll text me like oyster shove barnacle off the table. <laughs> it was awful. But um, is that is that the right way round, or have I got that wrong? Uh, they're both dicks to each other, to be honest. So yeah, <laughs> could, anything can happen. Are they siblings? No, not at all. I got them both off Gumtree. Really? Oh, really? Am I not telling you the story? Shall that be my final word? Shall I tell you the story you of the cats of Gumtree? Yeah, go for it. So basically, um, I knew I wanted to get a cat and I found Oyster on Gumtree and she was in Red Roof, which um, is actual obviously... Actual Cornwall. Yes, which is actual Cornwall. Yeah. And so I was looking at going over to pick her up and it cost like 100 quid each way to get over, a bit less than that, um, on the plane, obviously. Might as well get a second one while you're there. You well, know. no, 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 no. <laughs> I said to a friend of mine, I was like, like half joking, half not... I was like, do you want to go to the mainland to get a cat for me? And he was like, <laughs> I, and actually, sorry, not half joking, half not. I was obviously 100% joking. But then he was like, actually, I am going to the mainland to pick up a kayak tomorrow. Would you like me to get the cat at the same time? So I Pop then... the cat in the kayak. <laughs> so I then had to post on the residence notice board to be like, anyone got a cat box for tomorrow? <laughs> and they're like, oh, Martha, you and your shrews. <laughs> so he, like, got, he, got, he took this cat box over, him and a friend. They were both going over to pick up this like, really special like custom built kayak and then they spent a night in Penzance and they sent me pictures of Oyster moving around the flat so basically Wes who's the guy who picked her up for me is the person who named her because I said what do you want her to be called and he said Oyster so that I can shout oi at her (laughs) <laughs> like he's the godfather then, that's amazing <laughs> and then I was talking to um this other person on Gumtree because she had another cat and I had been I had kind I wanted two kittens you basically. had to see what was going well, on I sort yeah. of just wanted you know I didn't know if the Red Roof you know they might have turned what, up yeah. at the Red Roof house and it not not exist you know I don't know and I was like I'm I'm on the Isles of Scilly I'm just trying to figure out if I can get him over and she said I'm from the Isles of Scilly. I'm coming for a holiday in a week and a half. Do you want me to bring him over with me? So <laughs> Barnacle was delivered to me. So You didn't even have to leave the house. I know, That's it's amazing. absolutely brilliant. Like, yeah. like, um, so huge shout out to my lovely neighbour for fetching me a cat. And then obviously the other cat just arrived. <laughs> This has been a real tonic. Like I can be a bit, I can be a bit moody on Sunday nights, and we're recording this on a Sunday night. And you know, yeah. Hugh's not full of his usual pep because he's he gave blood today, oh. so he's a bit he's a bit tired. Nancy, um, he's literally in the process of like making more blood at the moment. Don't mock him. Don't yeah, mock him. actually, I'm in low power mode. Low yeah. power mode. <laughs> Um, but this has been such a treat really and lovely. oh my god and really so yeah. nice to see you, you at some point yes. someday yeah, oh my gosh and you will get to see you know uh, wonderful West London at some point again I'm sure yeah. but until then you can just enjoy your whales and your seals yes, and your cats and all, and... The, all the beauty that surrounds me yes alright lovely to talk to you both <laughs> and I'll see you soon you too yeah, thanks yeah, yeah. Brilliant. brilliant bye bye So, yeah, you can tell how much fun we had in that interview. Um, 
and just there was a lot that I did not know. Uh, and I'm so pleased that Martha came and talked to us. Um, and yeah, we ran long on that interview. We were longer than we intended to be. I don't care because it was all important stuff I wanted to share about her cat's names because that's important. Um, so we have some time now for a very quick round of recommendations. Hugh, would you like to go first? Oh, I'm going first. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah if you're yeah. happy to. Right. So. Um, what are you recommending me, Hugh? This isn't groundbreaking or anything, uh, but I am recommending a series of books by an author called Ken Follett. And uh, it's called The Kingsbridge Trilogy. Mm-hmm. And it's um, historical fiction set in a fictional town in medieval England. Is it what well, whereabouts? Is it like southwest? Southwest, sort of yeah, said, yeah, yeah. Like it, like Bristol is like the nearest sort of really big city. Is this a series of books you were reading recently, and one of the main characters was called Glod? Oh yeah, <laughs> or Blood, Blood, Blood. Yeah. So what got me back into it was as a um, so. A bit of context. The first book is called The Pillars of the Earth, and that's the most famous of, oh, yeah. the, of the original trilogy. And it's had like a TV adaptation. And yeah, which I think heard. was okay. I've not seen it, but I've heard it was just like all right. It's, it's very ambitious for a TV mm, TV mm. adaptation. Um, and it's, then you got a couple of other books. Yeah. So um, yeah, that's the first one of the initial trilogy, and that's set in the 12th century. Um, like. Um, Without giving too much away about what happens in the plot of the book, mm. you know, it spans about, I don't know, 50, 70 years How or something in total. How long does it take to build a cathedral, Hugh? Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's all about the building of a cathedral in a fictional town and about how that town grows from there and like mm. various characters. Um, he's really good at, you know, writing um, strong female characters. Aww, but thanks, also, Ken. Yeah. <laughs> but also <laughs> equally good at writing like... Uh, misogynistic bastards as well <laughs> uh, and you know being inside their heads as well so you can just see every character's oh, motivation yeah. like the ones who have like a sense of entitlement you just mm. get really like oh wow that's that's some bitterness you're feeling there and you know that really drives them you know these characters you, you follow these characters over like a 40 year period yeah. some of them and that's um, yeah quite fun there's three books in the original trilogy. First one's in the 12th century. Second one, which I'm currently reading, which is called World Without End, is mm-hmm. set in the 14th century. So a couple of year, couple of hundred years after the first one. And that's all about like the Hundred Years War, the plague. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's descendants of oh. the original characters and stuff like that. And they're all dying of plague, aren't they? Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a middle so bit in the book where everyone's dying. And you're like, is, oh, this is fun. <laughs> this is the trouble I have with it is that I kind of... I've heard too much, apart from, I've got to say, I am impressed with, in the most recent book, right? Um, <laughs> blood. Well, no, yeah, so the most recent book is a prequel, yeah, and that yeah. was what I got for, for uh, as a birthday present from my uh, my brother, and that's got me back into reading the original yeah, trilogy again, because I, I hadn't read the first one in about seven years or something like that. And, no. And it was good to come back to it, because I was like, oh, yeah, this is a really, like, gripping book, because if you don't know Ken Follett, he before he wrote that first book, uh, Pillars of the Earth. He was known for writing thrillers, and his publishers yeah, so he's were like, got that are, you sh- "Are you sure you want to do this?" And he was like, "Yeah, I'm really." He basically he got really into how <laughs> cathedrals are built. <laughs> Just went around like loads oh, of cathedrals, okay. like all around, um, all around England and maybe Europe as well. Wow! So you know lots of arcane terminology for bits of cathedrals that I can't really picture. No, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. What um, the hell are choirs? <laughs> It's good for crosswords. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think 
you've you've sold it to me there more now that you've reminded me um, that he used to write thrillers. I'm yeah. like, oh, he writes historical epics, but also, yeah, you know, there might be some skullduggery and some interesting stuff in there. And I'd never really read historical fiction before yeah. him. And I, I've read a little bit since then, like... Um, if I may. Bernard Cornwell, all the sort of oh, like yeah. Uttred ones, which are set in Saxon, oh, England. Incredibly violent. Why has Bernard a bit written more... so many of those books about Vikings? <sighs> he did loads shit. about um, Sharp as well. Oh, Sharp. Um, anyway. But if yeah. I may, if I may, mm. you should be reading Philippa Gregory. Yes, yes. Uh, teen, <laughs> teen Nancy was big on the Philippa Gregory <laughs> yeah, yeah, books because yeah. they were like uh, Tudor romances, right, right. Um, yeah. But like, she really knew her stuff, and yeah. like, you know, it would there would be a lot of chat about how smelly everyone was too. So historically oh, accurate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like he, yeah. So like all of the sort Ken. of everyday details in Ken's books, yeah. they're they're like, yeah, people only washed a couple of times a year. You know, like any more uh, would be seen as ungodly. And like, there's a few sort of like characters that he places in there. So in the, this second book, set around the plague, mm. there's one strong female character, and because she's a woman, she keeps getting ignored. Oh. But she uh, she becomes a nun and like quite a senior nun in this town, and she's like becomes in you know she's in placed in charge of, of the hospital yeah, yeah. and it's like okay so we all need to be wearing masks we all need to be washing our hands with well at the time Lyle. they're washing their hands with vinegar yeah. and you know like uh, and uh, because they hear about that's what some of the people were doing in Italy when <gasps> you know the pl- where the plague started wow. and she's oh, like okay we need to see this the no, thing, yeah yeah this. reading this in the midst of a pandemic I'm like oh yeah and all the all the men who think they know everything are like we don't need to wear masks and then all the monks die oh, so you know like <laughs> Oh, spoilers! Who I should probably, I should probably cut out a bit of spoilers there. If you, uh, yeah, Hugh, monks died of plague. We all know this. Yeah, like, yeah. So she's Jacinda Arden, okay, and <laughs> she's Jacinda. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. any monk is any Tory politician <laughs> yeah, these days. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. cool, good, good to know. Well, thank you. That's a great recommendation because there is probably about six thousand pages worth of of um, cathedrals and death there to read about you've come alive you were having a bit of a mid-afternoon dip today oh but yeah i've did these yeah i've got Talking to a real gripping books. bit of um the the second book and yeah, yeah yeah it's um it's really uh yeah really gripped me again uh, you just you sometimes just make a like a noise yeah. <laughs> like when you're reading it <laughs> yeah and i'm half asleep so that's not good because no. i'm like what what home invader what's happening <laughs> yeah no it's just just someone getting murdered yay yeah. yay oh anyway that's my recommendation thanks yeah. you um well i've got a recommendation which i often see like i've tried to f- start following people on social media who just post nice things that sounds simple but we all know it's not. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, everyone's definition of a nice thing is a little bit different. But for mine, I've hit upon a strong kind of seam of like, there's a few art accounts on Twitter that I really like. Definitely a lot of Instagrams as well. Um, on Instagram, just amazing. I, I keep finding like amazing lesbian couples in America who are just like living a life and having a very gorgeous time doing it. And I'm like, oh, you guys, you're great. And like, you know. They post and I I follow and I appreciate. But this lady is someone who's on Twitter and I might have found her art, um, for she is an artist, by following one of the couple of artist accounts I follow, which kind of like gather up. There's women's art. There are a couple of other really great accounts. There's like artists of colour. There's, how do you call it? They might be called Electricity, another one, which I adore. But basically, I'll link you all of this. And this artist I wanted to mention is called Erin Hansen. And on Twitter, she is at Erin Hanson, 
S-O-N, art. And we will definitely post um, some of her tweets because I have this thing where bright colours, blobby colours, polka dots, they are the most attractive thing in the world to me. I just adore them so much. So when I walk past H&M Kids and I see the clothes that are in H&M Kids, or babies, in fact, I'm like, why isn't that available in my size? Mm. What the hell? I want that polka dot jumpsuit why is it for a baby yeah um so but i'm baby (laughs) so that's just my sense of style which is uh yeah varied but basically she paints landscapes maybe some portraits i am not sure but i'm gonna have to just dig through her entire collection really and she does this really cool um painting technique which people have said that she originated um i'll try and find it on her wikipedia well, Wikipedia states that she is both a San Diego-based artist and the originator of a painting style known as Open Impressionism. And I think what that means in essence is very big brush strokes. You put on right, you yeah. put on a layer of paint, it's still wet, you put on the next layer. Yeah. So she must have some some skills and tools because when I picture that style of art, I just picture the bit in Malcolm in the Middle where the dad paints his dream painting in yeah. his shed. Yeah, and yeah, it yeah. is magnificent, but then it is too... Collapses over <laughs> under his own weight. Yeah. Yeah. He's just <laughs> immediately yeah. squished like a bug. Um. <laughs> because, yeah, I, I don't know a lot about art. My dad's oh, probably no. going to be like... <laughs> I do not. My dad, the art student, would be like, oh, Impressionism is this. And I'd be like, but, but what defines Impressionism? <laughs> well, I... I'm not going to answer that, Hugh. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to listen oh, to it. Oh, just look at it. Yeah, look at it. Because so that's... that's uh, oh, yeah. That's I a... can see that looks like Impressionism, probably. <laughs> so what Hugh is looking at is um, a post that we will share as well, which is called... So she travels around and paints and she goes to, well, this place near Santa Barbara. It's called Cliffs at Sunset, selling for a reasonable price for a wonderful piece of art i will never afford it um but it's um it's like a seascape and cliffs and just massive daubs of color really big bold and it just it i don't have like a penchant for like asmr videos or anything but i think i just love color Mm. and that's what really like makes my brain hum in a nice way yeah um so you use the word daub there and that's for me an underused underappreciated word daub (laughs) um and i mean she does various things i think she's only only just 40 or so so i mean she's got years of this to go hopefully um and i think she even did like a degree that was nothing to do with art and this is now her life and it's oh man she's really good at it so yeah follow her for some absolute joy in your twitter feed that's my recommendation lovely stuff lovely stuff so Big thank you to Martha for being our interviewee this week. Yeah. It was so fun. It was lovely, yeah. Um, and um, long live that humpback whale. Please, please long live that humpback whale. I'm, yep. I'm sending good vibes in his general direction. Maybe he can pick them up on his sonar system. Um, whales have sonar, right? They're like bats. Yes, I think. Uh, I mean, like, like Martha said, there's a lot we don't know about <laughs> whales. So let's just assume that maybe okay. they do. Well, maybe I'll tweet him then. Maybe he's got Twitter. Anyway, yeah. um, so and also big thank you, Hugh. Thank you for producing. You're a star. It's all right. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to be nice. I'm nice now. <laughs> um, and yeah, thank you for listening. Bye bye. Bye. You have been listening to. Thanks. I love it. You can find us at I Love It Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Hugh Foster has produced and edited this episode. Original music 
also by Hugh Foster. You can find him at hughfoster.co.uk or at Hugh Foster on Twitter. He spells his name Q with a W, H-U-W, because he's Welsh. I'm Nancy, and you can find me on Twitter at Need for Cheese. 